Stokes and welcome to the Club Rugby Collective, your Queensland Premier Rugby podcast. My name is Brendan Saucertel from Queensland Rugby Union and what we have for you this week is a two-part episode. First up, we're going to be chatting with Todd Dammers, the South head coach, about his young squad and how they're managing the COVID-19 pandemic. And then in the second part of the episode, we're going to be catching up with one of the former East greats, Ed Quirk, who's currently in isolation in a hotel in Brisbane. But to kick things off, We've got Toddy Dammers. Todd, how are we, mate? Yeah, good day, Sauce, mate. Well, oh, mate, well as can be expected with uh, no footy around, mate, and two little kids running around the house keeping me crazy. So, mate, uh, keeping my head above water, mate, to be fair. So. <laughs> no, well, I've seen on Facebook, mate, you've uh, had to take on a new role as a teacher in the last couple of weeks, mate. Uh, yeah, mate, uh, teaching your own children is quite a sobering experience and uh I think the other thing, mate, is that I've got a newfound respect for uh, the mothers out there as well who have to do lots of stuff. So COVID-19, mate, has uh, kept us all at home a lot longer than probably normal. So mate, we're, we're learning a few new tricks. So it's, uh, it's been interesting. No, well, I think it's uh, it's definitely a case of everyone learning to adjust, mate. But, you know, you've sort of mentioned, mate, you've got a, a young fellow who's footy mad. So I'm, I'm sure he's pretty keen to put down the textbooks and get outside and throw the footy around during the day. Oh, mate, he's nuts. He, um, I think we did something the other day where, because he's only a little fella, so we did a, I don't think they'd, they'd let this happen in normal class, but he was doing a, he'd read one or two pages and then we'd do a catching pass thing in the hallway and then we'd go and read two more pages. So it was it was my way of keeping him focused. It seemed to work, but, uh, mate, I'm not sure you'll see it in the school halls uh, anytime soon, that's for sure. Mate, I used to study like that at uni. Me and my mate would swap. <laughs> One of us would answer some questions, the other play PlayStation, then we'd swap it over. Yeah, yeah I think I used to putt. I used to have a putter and I used to hit, um, putt golf balls down the, uh, down the hallway. So, no, mate, anything to get you through. Alternate methods of education, mate. There's a lot to be said yeah. for it. Absolutely. Um, But, mate, the reason I I wanted to get you on is obviously South have had a bit of an anomaly this year where you're going through a a really big turnover of your player base. You've got a lot of guys coming out of a successful Colts program. Obviously, you guys were premiers in Colts 1 and Colts 2 last year, so there's lots to be excited about. But I suppose um, with a young cohort who aren't necessarily nestled in full-time work or potentially students and things like that at the moment, mate. Um, a scenario like we're facing at the moment, mate, it's probably got a pretty heavy impact on the group as a whole. Yeah, mate, it's been really uh, interesting. Like it's probably in some ways, um, <clears throat> like I'll probably look at it a little bit of a different way. Like being younger, they're probably somewhat more protected and not having mortgages or whatnot, but they're also being younger, mate, it's also exposes them to things they're not used to. Um, where we're probably affected is we've got a lot of boys from the bush um, and country lads, so um, we've seen a lot of those guys return to uh, their parents' houses and what have you, or their parents' properties, etc. cetera, um, while the downturn's on, mate, and just trying to keep in contact with those guys, make sure they're okay. But it's genuinely, mate, it, it's there's been a bit of a obviously a lack of connection which I think probably for young guys that's that's my primary concern at the moment is making sure that that connection remains I think we'll get back to the footy and we'll get back to the you know to training and all those sort of things but that lack of um, interaction and that lack of mateship is probably the thing that we're probably uh, the most concerned about and probably focusing on more than anything. And I suppose, mate, it's not just um, guys from sort of regional southeast Queensland that you've got in your group, mate. You've actually got a lot of guys from further afield 
like Theo4E, who's obviously um, Rocky born and bred, and a few other guys from up that way as well. I suppose when they're completely outside of the bubble, mate, they can feel even more isolated, um, although being at home, but they're very much sort of detached from the rest of the group sort of down here in, in Brizzy and surrounds. Yeah, absolutely. I think guys, so we've got uh, currently, we've got a, quite a few lads from that rocky region. We're really lucky. We're quite lucky to have them. Uh, Rourke, Christensen, uh, Liam Fletcher and Theo Ferreira, three who actually went home um, for argument's sake. They, they decided that it was probably best for them um, in the short term. But where, and I guess, mate, this is probably being a bit older, it's, you, you don't you real you, you get to realise pretty quickly that the world's shrinking via you know social media the internet uh, online games even mate like these kids I say kids I shouldn't say that but these blokes will be playing you know online um, on Xboxes or um, Playstations and staying connected that way and just sort of um, keeping conversations relevant that way but I know for us we've got things like Zoom meetings going on with um, you know position groups or forwards and backs units and just trying to keep guys connected that way as well as, uh, you know, chat groups, et cetera, via either Facebook or, or um, some of the other platforms that we use. Nice. And I suppose if you have a meetings like that, maybe you're setting homework for the fellas or anything like that in terms of studying <laughs> footage or anything like that? Oh, mate, to be honest with you, the first couple that we had, we were just catching up for a beer. Yeah. Um, so I think we, we just decided that we'd all sit around and have a beer and have a bit of a laugh and um, and just, like I said, mate, try and stay connected, not really harbour too much on the footy because at the end of the day, uh, I think we, we've got no idea when football's coming back, unfortunately. I, I wish it could be – I wish I could give everybody in, within my group a definitive time, but we just don't know. So um, the initial part source was just about trying to maintain – uh, like a, a bit of a normalcy in terms of their lives. So just talking to the same guys and all those type of things. But probably in the last week or so, we've gone a little bit more specific trying to find out what their trainings have been looking like. So Cameron Eds, who's our strength and conditioner, puts out a fortnightly program. Uh, he's really big on checking in on them on that, which is good. Eds is really, really thorough. Um, and now we're sort of starting to um, talk more about what they can do around their specific positions. Um, so we're starting to break into unit meetings and just talk about what they can do from a week-to-week side of things and make anything's better than nothing at this stage. Um, but, yeah, for us it's just literally just trying to maintain that connection and, and check in and make sure that they're all healthy and, you know, and happy, to be honest. No, but I think sort of that's probably the key at the moment, mate, in terms of um... – making sure everyone is is somewhat getting by. I think, you know, those little, you know, 20-minute, half-an-hour conversations with someone who you haven't seen for a few weeks sort of go a long way. And, I mean, that sort of ties into the mental health and well-being element of this whole scenario, mates. You know, you've obviously coached for, for a long time, mate, at a lot of different levels. Have you sort of got any particular approach? Um, obviously, you know, unprecedented at times, but um, have you got a particular approach that you take with teams in terms of, you know, creating a culture as well as supporting blokes individually as well as collectively? Yeah, so look, I'm always, and for the guys who have probably either worked with me or know me pretty well, I'm always fairly heavily connected to 
individuals and the group as a whole. Um, so that's probably something that uh, like I've always tried to use different social media platforms um, that these guys use. The only one that I'm not on at the moment, which oh, well, say not, not the only one, is TikTok. I mean, that's, that's got me beat that one. Um, but like, so I've always sort of used Instagram and Facebook to try and at least maintain uh, communication on their level. Like text messages probably going out the window a little bit, but um, it's trying to maintain that. Now it's more FaceTime and even, you know, like a house party app and uh, Zoom meeting, all these types of things. So, mate, for, for me, it's always just been about that individual one-to-one connection just to find out how guys are going, um, just to talk to them and just to see how they are. What we're trying to do is, um, as a coaching group, is just share the load a little bit. Um, so, a lot of our guys will probably be hearing from me and, and, you know, some of our other coaches like, you know, Ken O'Connor who runs our defence, our Irishman is a bit of a madman. He, he'll he go and text the lads and just to find out how they are. Nick Foley and uh, Muffy Keffer will do the same and as will Edzie and, and, you know, look, we, we're just trying to share the love there but also you'll get source, some of the older blokes who you'll just send them a message and say, hey, mate, can you message X, Y, Z, they seem a bit down, just message them and see how they are. And we're trying to make sure that there's that even spread there, buddy, but that's all you can really do. Um, and, and, mate, if I'm being <coughs> – sorry, if I'm being honest, the easiest way to do it and be successful about it is to <coughs> – excuse me, I'll swallow a bug um, – is to be – I know it sounds pretty deep, but to be somewhat vulnerable with them as well as say, hey, listen, I'm struggling as well. You know, it's a tough time, etc. So that way, then they don't feel like they're doing it on their own, mate. So uh, look, it's that's the only way I know how to do it. Um, but with the with a young group of guys, that's that's sort of the way we try and play it is try and communicate on their level. No, mate, it's definitely uh, it's it's important during this time, and it's it's definitely interesting seeing sort of what all the different clubs are doing in this space because everyone's sort of got varying demographics within within their group but um i suppose throwing back to the training element for for a second um you mentioned obviously the snc coaches doing fortnightly workouts etc are you having guys sort of send in video content and things like that i've seen Villami doing some uh, interesting stuff in the background uh or in the backyard with uh you know some some stepping things and, and other things yeah, like that yeah, so look, Billy's obviously, Billy's our out there character. I think there's something up today that he's tackling a tree and um, Bill's always going to do something that's a little bit odd, but he's a really hard worker. So he's, um, but they, to answer your question, yeah, there are, you, you, what we're trying to do within our group is just to continue to communicate about what we're doing individually. Um, and so a couple of the guys, like Blakey Kefu, who's a, a really successful personal trainer over on the north side, um, Blakey's been putting little challenges up. Um, and this is a really interesting story. So he put a challenge up the other day about a running challenge for the boys to all get their, sink their teeth into. Now, when he first posted it, Source, it wasn't actually written correctly. So the, um, the, the challenge was four miles of running every four hours for 48 hours. Now, Angus Dean, one of our open side breakaways, has read that and taken that as absolute gospel that that's the challenge. So that's basically 82 kilometres in 48 hours. So he had to run. And then what's happened is Blake has come back and said, oh, actually, guys, 
Uh, no, that's wrong. It was four miles every 48 hours for four weeks. But Gus decided, I'm committed to it. So he ran 80, I think it was 82 kilometres in 48 hours. And he did that with our defence coach, Ken O'Connor. And, uh, mate, there was about six of us who turned up. And to be honest, we socially distanced in the last, for the last run. We all went off in pairs. But the boys completed it. Um, in that 48 hours, and I know that Angus, for like with two k's to go, was still dropping um, times of four minutes 30 and four minutes 35 per kilometre at like the 82 kilometre mark, mate. So we've got some crazy kids, that's for sure. Jesus, mate, that's extreme. Mate, genuinely extreme, but it also what it highlights source is that these kids um, are missing. That, that 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 I guess that camaraderie and that challenge of training. I think there'll probably be people out there listening going, mate, I would never miss that. Um, but they're each to their own. But um, so we're yeah, we're trying to put little challenges up to keep each other physically accountable, and um, they're doing really really well, mate. Like under the circumstances, a lot of them don't have access to any gym equipment, so it's all oh they've got to be running or body weight and, and they are putting like little videos up or they'll post their workouts or their times. So mate, yeah, it's um it's definitely unique. Um, but they're doing a really, really good job under the circumstances. Well mate, I know we caught up late last year and, and spoke about the, uh, I suppose, the early stages of the fitness program you guys had the rolling through at South and it was open yeah. to everyone at the club. Do you think sort of the, the length that that went for and, and sort of, I suppose, the nick that the boys are in now, is there a bit of a competitive nature there that, uh, you know, they still want to be at the top of that cohort for whenever we actually do return to training? Yeah, oh, mate, I definitely think there's that competitive nature. I think they also... Um, what Cameron does very, very well, and I think as a coaching group, we, we do very, very well. We educate these guys on um, training and how like how you, how resilient your body is. Um, and so these guys have actually probably worked out that they can get through the work. Um, and so now it's just about keeping things topped up. They're not going to be, and like any club, it doesn't matter how much hard work you do in this period, you're not probably ever going to be in the same nick that you were going into trial game one, two or three. Um, but our guys are genuinely um, making an effort to try and stay right on top of it. There'll be some guys who, like Shreko, like big Lee Island, our big front roller, like he's going absolutely nuts. Um, and, you know, mate, at 135 kilos, mate, you've got to take your hat off to a bloke who's training, you know, twice a day, Um five, six days a week to try and improve his fitness. So he's not even trying to maintain. He's trying to get better. So we've got a whole level of that, mate. So yeah, to, to answer your question, yeah, I think the way that we probably train was a bit of a shock to the system for a few of the guys. But now it's part of their routine. And I think they, they could see the benefits of how we were running out games in that initial three weeks um, or those initial three games. And I think there's probably that, that push to say, well, let's not lose it. Let's let's maintain it and let's try and get better. So that's probably one thing that we're really lucky, mate. We've got a group of workers, that's for sure. But I've been following Big Shreko on social, mate. So uh, I've seen the work he's putting in with uh, him and his daughter, who's uh, getting involved <laughs> no. in, some, in, some, in some workouts, mate. Uh, it's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He's, he's finding ways to get around it. And uh, 
He also delivered your guy's first win in the Hospital Challenge Cup V the other weekend, mate. Thank, thank God, mate, because honestly, Theo Ferrey, on, honestly, he should have been cut immediately. Um, but no, it was good to see Shrek, mate, out there on the um, on the video. We, I think internally we were like the whole group had already bagged Theo and said that he was never to get another game in his life. So, um, so to get to get Shreko to get up there and have that win on the um, Hospital Cup E Challenge, it's uh, it was awesome. But yeah, mate, he's a hard worker, and safe for his sake for him, experienced guy, probably um, come came to see us for a challenge and a change. He's been amazing for our young kids, um, and there's been a few of those older guys like Lukey Samoa. Um, we've got a guy called Khan Arwong who's, you know, 30 odd, and before he got injured, Eli Bailey had come across some brothers, and those guys, in terms of their experience had been excellent for our younger kids. So I love having, like, you know, seeing Shreko post those um, those videos of him training. Cause it just it says to these young kids, well, mate, if I can do it, you guys are going to be – you should be repentant as well. Well, I just found it funny, mate, that in a team of young fellas that were probably grown up with PlayStation, et cetera, that it's the old fella that came through with the goods. Mate, honestly, he, we were, I was so pumped to see him win. Like, and like a lot of people who don't know this, but Theo lives, um, in a granny flat at my house. And I, I, I've got no problem in telling people that Theo's the worst player on a, on a, on a, um, Xbox or a PlayStation going around. Like, I consistently school him in Madden to the tune of 50 <laughs> points. So I need to put that out there for people to understand how bad this kid actually is. And he's 19. It's a disgrace. <laughs> There's still on Atari up in central Queensland, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate, absolutely. Uh, mate, you mentioned you got Theo, who's obviously been, been living with you, but you've got a couple of other guys who are still um, living with you there at home in the Grinning flat, mate. Um, yes. I suppose, is it, is it good to have, uh, you know, some familiar faces that you can still see outside of the immediate family, mate, at home? Yeah, mate. Look, um, our house has become the South Hostel, so I've got a very patient and loving wife. Um, so, uh, like, we've got a granny flat that three of the boys live in. So Theo, um, when he first moved from Rocky, he was only a kid, like he's still a kid, but he was 17 and didn't turn 18 until the December of that year. So we sort of said to his mum and dad, listen, we'll take him in, take care of him um, and look out for him. And I, I, I've got a real funny feeling that he's never going to move out. He's on such a good wicket here. It's it's quite scary. So, um, And then young Liam Fletcher, who's also from Rocky, moved in with um, Theo, with Regan Leslie as well. So those three... Um, have lived with us for about oh, Theo and Regan have been here for two and a bit years, and and Liam's been for about twelve months. So, mate, to be honest with you, I don't see them that much. I um, mate, I probably give them a bit of stick at training. Get them like we come in different cars. I get in my car, go home. Uh, I go to our place, and they go into the the granny flat. The, the person that probably sees them is my youngest bloke, Edward. Um, he'll come downstairs and make, make him come out in the yard and kick a footy around or try and play PlayStation with them. And, and I think he thinks he's got three older brothers. And um, But, mate, it is. It's, it's lovely to have them there, but it's also – you do – like, I know that my two kids are probably missing having, like, uh, Theo and Liam around. Uh, Reeves is still here, which is awesome, but um, that's just another part of that whole – coronavirus that you'd probably never expect is that, you know, your, your two kids have a connection to a couple of the boys downstairs and, um, yeah, they're, they're really missing them, that's for sure. 
No, mate. Well, the young fella would be, uh, you know, living the dream, mate, with uh, with three of the the buddy young South boys downstairs, mate. He'd be stoked. Uh, most in the usual sense when they're all there, mate. Oh, mate, he is, but he's also a bit chirpy, so he gives it to the boys a bit. He calls the old cat um, every now and then. <laughs> But I think the uh, the other two, Liam and Regan, have teed him up to teach him to call Theo a cat whenever he touches the football. So um, for a six-year-old to be telling a premier grade hooker that he's a cat, mate, he gets away with a little bit, that's for sure. <laughs> Wait till he hits his teenage years, mate. Oh, mate, I know. It's going to be not, it's gonna be a nightmare. Fair enough. Well, mate, I suppose we, we've spoken a lot about, you know, the, the prem grade cohort there. Um, at South, but um, what's sort of been the wider impact on the club, mate? Obviously, you know, you've got a pretty strong club in terms of um, your fourth grade, your fifth grade teams that have yeah. sort of been sort of together for a long time there at the club, um, as well as sort of a budding women's program as well, mate. Obviously, you know, the effects are going to be felt far and wide from um, the current scenario. Yeah, man, I think uh, I think it's like South is like any club, mate. It's the, the the I think it was probably drummed into me the young guys that the lifeblood of any club are your lower grades. Um, they're the ones who are going to continue to to punch your club along. Like Premier Grade and you know your Colts one all those sort of are extremely extremely important. But the lifeblood of and the foundation of any club are your lower grades, and I think that's true of anybody. Um, so I think it's been really when I say difficult, I think it's been a, it has been difficult for those guys because. That's really everyone. So all of our social out, it's our social um, output, and to not have that ability to see your mates, um, have a beer with your mates, talk absolute gibberish with your mates, um, it's been difficult. Um, and and I think that it, it will also, it's it's that rebound effect source. I think what we'll find is that club rugby will be even more important when we're all allowed to come back because everyone will be just like so appreciative of the clubs and and what a what a sanctuary it is for like I always say the sanctuary for misfits um <laughs> myself being one of the greatest of them all but you know there's different people from all different walks of life who all converge to play fourth and fifth grade at south um or east or west or wherever and you know to and that, and those I guess those differences um, and this is getting a bit deep, so but those differences in in characters and and lifestyles and whatnot is what makes us all better people. Um, and to have to miss out on that, mate, I think is it's really been reflective. Like we're we're all really searching for that connection. I keep going back to that. Um, but yeah, I think we're just. I think it's us, mate. We're just we're obviously we're just a working class club. Always have been and always will be. We're just trying to. Um, you know, make sure that we look out for each other, I guess, and make sure that if anyone's hurting, we can help them out. And um, But otherwise, mate, it's just I think everyone just can't wait for the footy to get back if, if it gets back in 2020. No, mate, well, I think um, we're all all praying for oh. a return, return sooner than later, hopefully, mate. But, you know, ideally, what, what would you hope for before the end of the year, mate, whether it's a... Uh, you know, a nine-round comp or something like that, and then hopefully maybe some some Prem 7s at the end of it. Yeah, mate, to be honest with you, in terms of the Premier Grade guys um, and the, the group that I work with, um, mate, we'd play on the road if you let us play tomorrow. Like, we just want to play. Mm. Um, and if it's one round, great. If it's um, one round with finals, great. If it's a one-round sprint, like a GPS competition, when it takes all in, that's okay. Um, I think the boys just want to get out there and play and train. And 
I think, to be honest with you, the biggest thing is um, that's probably shown, I think, even to the players is that, yeah, they miss playing, but I think they miss their training. Well, not so much getting flogged, but they miss training and hanging out with their friends as well. So I think, mate, if we can get some training up, get some games up across all grades, I think it'll be a wonderful result um, as long as everybody stays healthy and what have you. Um, and then, yeah, leading to a Premier Grade 7s and then start 2021 with a massive bang and uh, and hopefully 2020 and 2021 are just massive years for all clubs um, mm. on and off the field. I think that's the biggest thing that um, we've got to make sure that more than ever that it's one of those things where we've got to all support each other. And I, I was sort of saying to a couple of our guys, once it all gets back up and started, I really think we should probably reach out to each other's clubs and institute the old boat races where first grade will stay around and have a beer um, just to support each other. So that way then we don't just all get in our cars and go home. We all, you know, look, it, it's that whole village mentality where, you know, we'll go and put some money across the bar at East's, help East out when we're having a home game and vice versa. When East comes to South, they'll do the same and we invite people into our clubs and be a bit more social where I think where we've got to, and it's probably lost it a little bit, mate, is we're not as social after games. Um, so I hope that's something that we're probably, I'm going to try and champion at our club for sure is that we'll try and reach out to each club and say, listen, after a game, how about we come in and have a beer in, in your clubhouse and, and, you know, try and share the love. It's it's something that um, I lived in Spain and coached in Spain for three seasons, three amazing seasons. And that was something they always talked about the third half. And, yeah. <laughs> and you'd go back, you'd have a meal, you'd have a thousand beers um, and just have a party. And I think that's probably something where maybe we probably need to re-establish and, and look to go back to. And that just helps the clubs in terms of turning a game into an event. Um, and that's, I think we all probably within Premier Rugby Nation, that, that's something that we'll champion from our point of view, that's for sure. Yeah, man, I think that's definitely a great idea. It is um, it is something that, uh, you know, coming from a country footy background, that is something that, you know, we always used to love, you know, growing up on the, on the sunny coast, our highlight of the season at um, University of Sunny Coast was the Fraser Coast bus trip where yeah, know, absolutely. You'd, yeah, you'd go up there, you'd, you'd play play the Mariners in, in reserve grade and A grade and then you'd go to their local pub, have a feed with the guys, have a few beers and then stock up the bus and, and head home and that was, you know, that was something that we all massively look forward to. But it, it is interesting in the sense that um, we often talk about Prem Rugby being um, sort of a pretty close-knit community between the clubs are all pretty friendly where, you know, you've coached down in Sydney where um, you'd probably know that, you know, it's not like the guys from Parramatta 2 Blues are going to be hanging around and socialising with the guys at Manly for long after the games because of the distance between the clubs. Absolutely. But, you know, Prem Rugby is probably that little bit different, but there's still definitely some improvement there and actually supporting everyone's clubs at the back end of this is an important one because, you know, South's not being able to um, host a, an old boys day or something like that obviously means yeah, yeah, yeah. means a lot of cash that's uh, not going over the bar there at the nest. Well, mate, it's, yeah, it's like anything. It's sort of like, you know, old boys day or, you know, like ladies day at Jeeps and all those type of things or, you know, ladies day at UQ. These are things that clubs rely on in terms of to help fund um, you know, junior programs and other things. And so when it all comes back online, I think we probably do need to have a bit more of that village mentality where it's sort of like, okay, game's over. How do we help you guys? Um, and how can we be more of a community? Um, and, I, and I think we are, I think 
the reality is, Source, I think we are a really close-knit community, um, but I think this might be a really good way, and I know from my point of view, I keep saying it, is that something that I, I really want to drive us to do is that I, I want us to be, yeah, we want to be, pardon, pardon the, you know, killers on the field, but great blokes off it. And I think that's the same from a mentality of, listen, if, if, South is struggling, East is struggling, brothers are struggling. You know, we don't want that. Like, we don't want that. Like, and I say this with great tongue in cheek. We've got a lot of good mates at brothers. And I don't care if brothers are struggling on the field, but I don't want them struggling off the field. Like, yeah. if that makes sense. So, you know, like, so when we get a chance to go and play um, at Crosby, mate, I want blokes to stick around and have a beer if that means it helps brothers strengthen off the field as well. So um, they're the benchmark, mate. So, you know, on the field, we've just got to do our business. But... Once that game's over, in all grades, we should all be trying to stay around, support Premier Rugby, but in essence support each uh, home team, try and continue to build what's an unbelievably good competition. No, mate, agreed. Very, very good sentiment there, mate. Um, I think, mate, on a positive note, we'll leave it there. Uh, but thanks very much for your time tonight, Todd, mate. It's um, it's definitely been interesting to hear how how everyone at South is tracking, mate, and um, how we hopefully we're going to see you guys emerge at the back end of this. And you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of these um, these young guys at the Magpies, mate, um, in action. Whether or not it's later this year or, or next year, mate, I think there's definitely some young talent there, mate, that's uh, going to be making a name for themselves in the next few years. It's exciting times. Yeah, mate. I hope so. There's some good kids there, mate, and there's some funny kids as well. And but the one thing is, sources that about them is that they just want to play, and mm. I think that's, I think that's probably, I think that's where everyone is at the moment. They're just a bit younger than everyone, really. But it'll be awesome to see, mate, to be see everyone out in the field. Um, you know, having a, having a hit, it'll be unbelievable. We'll be, I think everyone will be really excited when that happens. No, definitely, mate. Well, thanks again, mate, and. Um... Best of luck and, and stay safe with the family, mate, obviously, as this uh, scenario plays out. Um, but, mate, uh, once again, thank you, and we'll hopefully catch you, mate, back on the footy field sooner rather than later. Pleasure, mate. No worries. Thanks so much.